the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hello there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you to my, from a windy, 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 windy Florida Keys. It's probably windy, uh, you know, just like that old uh, saying about April, out in like a lion, out like a lamb. It's actually like a lion here. We've had uh, some terrific wind gusts here. Last, uh, what was it, earlier this week, we uh, had... Uh, what seemed like a small, a, you know, a small tornado strike around here. We're losing some trees and billboards and things like that. Uh, we actually had a clay pot get, uh, two clay pots get knocked over. They're heavy, like 40, 50 pounds. So, you know, that's kind of windy when a planter out front gets knocked. But, you know, that's the weather. Yeah, we're not, I'm not complaining about it. It's nice that we have the breeze. It's bad for fishing, though. Very bad for fishing. Ha- fishing having the wind is uh, rough on people that get uh, seasick. So whenever it's windy here, it kind of hurts people's ability to ply their trade, and that's operating fishing boats and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been really gusty. We haven't had gusty wind like the well. We're I think we're in. Uh, I don't even know if it's starting hurricane season, but I think that'll be coming up as soon as the waters warm up some. Well, welcome. I hope, uh, you know, that you're all doing well. We're rolling to the end of our school year, and then we got to, our eyes look to summer. A lot of people have planned their vacations, that, especially those people with uh, kids in school. And we're, we're doing the same. So we're, the the wife and daughter, they're they're going to be planning on going to Poland. I am, there's a 50-50 shot of me going there because I have things I have to get taken care of here. One of them is the dreaded root canal. Yeah, a root canal. I hate, hate thinking about it. But I'm going to have to have it done. And it turns out I could probably save about $1,800, which is... About five hundred dollars more than the cost of a ticket, and it would maybe behoove me to go over there, spend uh, two days getting it fixed, and visiting the family while I can. And people say, "Jim, are you really considering going to within fifty, sixty miles of a war zone 
Uh, is this a whimsical, you know, idea? I said, no, we have family there. We have family there. And a lot of times when you don't, uh, when you delay things, I mean, they're getting up there in age. When you delay things, you don't know if you're going to see them again. So it, it would behoove us to go and visit them, not suggesting that anything should happen to them. But, you know, there's no time like the present. And that that would be, you know, that would be some, a regret. A regret. Speaking of uh, that about medical emergencies, last week, I don't, I didn't, I don't think I mentioned on the podcast. I don't know if it's me. I, I changed the title to Old Keys Bartender, the title of this episode to Old Keys Bartender. I think eventually, I don't know if I'm going to change the name of the show to Old Keys Bartender because it would probably change the, I guess, impression people get and say, well, is this an old man or is this a rendition of the keys from the past? Meaning a bartender, you know, the way people bartended 100 years ago. Key West, perhaps. Because I always pride myself that the listeners of this show are a little smarter. Not that I'm very smart, but I think you have to be smarter to decipher some of the cryptic things I say. Well, so last week, I'm bartending. It's now down here because of the time change. We've had uh, you no know, daylight savings change. We have daylight till seven thirty, eight o'clock, and I think it was a Friday night a week ago. And I don't know the person who I do know the person's first name. I'm not going to say the person's first name, but it was a woman in her late sixties, early seventies. I'm bartending, and the one of my coworkers came up and said, Jim, this woman's having, I, I was in the back. I was in the back getting something from our keg fridge. And they come out and there's people running around. They said, something's going on. Jim, we need you. Will you go over to this table to check on this lady? And I go over, this lady is losing consciousness. The only information I get is that there's an emergency and they think it might be an allergic reaction. Allergic reaction, I knew there's not much I could do. I could just, for allergic reaction, you just call 911 or you get an EpiPen if someone has an al- you know allergies and things like that. What I did see when I got there was a woman about the age, you know, late 60s, early 70s, s- starting to lose consciousness and fading. Maybe blood pressure dropping. I wasn't exactly sure what was going on, but I did ask her. She was conscious when I was talking to her. She only lost consciousness, it seemed like, maybe 30 seconds as time went on. But when I saw her the first time, she felt a little clammy, and she started fading. Head started going down, and she was just kind of leaning forward. And someone said, just keep her up. They called 911, and whoever called 9 they said keep her uh, from falling asleep keep her up and it, it just seemed like a low blood sugar incident because the allergy I asked her can you breathe she said can breathe you can breathe now the people at the table their first instinct was she's having an allergic reaction and I guess because prior to 
people being called over, she may say she wasn't feeling so well. And everyone thinks when someone says something like this, it has to be something with the food, something has to be going on with the food. And uh, r- rarely, if, if you don't get sick or queasy or throat doesn't close up, that isn't symptomatic. Because I have a, a, my daughter has nut allergies and I used to, we, we saw that, we saw how that would happen when she would bite into something, maybe with pistachio in it or, or walnuts or something like that. You'd see how she started feeling and she started getting, her face would start getting red and things like that. So I'm sitting with her, I'm holding her up. Uh, I, I ran and got her a little glass of orange juice, hoping that she'd take a little sip of it, thinking that was more of a drop in blood sugar. And even though it was probably only five, six minutes before the arrival of the fire rescue, and they were awesome. It was two uh, uh, female members of our uh, paramedic or fire department arrived, and they did a wonderful job picking up the lady. And I can say, sorry to say, we did not call to see, we did not. I do not know what happened to her, but I don't think anything, I think she was fine because we would have heard about it. It was a busy weekend. And people say, hey, Jim, why, why wouldn't you call up? I said, well, it wouldn't be my job to call up because it could, there was a small concern that it may feel as if there was a liability occurring if people called to see how they're doing instead of just being neighborly or friendly. And that is a shame that we're in a point of society where people have to be concerned about that. But I've been present for a couple times. I had a couple people choking. Uh, two people. Two people I had to intervene for choking. One was at the airport about seven years ago, I think it was, at the airport. And another one was at the restaurant I was at uh, previous. I haven't had anybody choke for you. Years and if you think about teaching the Heimlich maneuvers, you think working in a restaurant where you're gonna have like anywhere 100 people a night, you figure I would have been around a choking incident again. But that I guess that occurs more at a steakhouse, right? A choking at steakhouse because that's one of the things people try to swallow whole, you know, big chunk of that. And I'm really surprised that I'm not there all the time. I don't enjoy being the first person on the scene of an emergency. I always have this feeling. I said, there's got to be. That's the law of average. There has to be someone with a significant amount of experience when it comes to emergencies other than me. I hope for it. But a lot of times, it's me. It seems like I show up and people come over and then someone shows up like, oh, I'm a, I'm a nurse. And I said, well, I'll help you. You go in the for- forefront. I don't, I know there's a lot of medical people down here or people with medical training and they don't volunteer a lot of times because maybe they worry about their liability too. So I hope that is not the case. That would be scary on two uh, levels. One is me being the one that's most qualified in an area where there's 30 people. And I have to say that is not the kind of world I really want to live in 
where out of the average out of 30 people, I'm the one. Even though I do, at the place I work part-time, we're required every three months to do a modicum of uh, breathing, uh, rescue breathing. We do rescue breathing uh, certification every three months, and we use these mannequins, uh, an adult mannequin and a baby mannequin, and we do uh, chest compressions and air uh where no no one does that breathing in the mouth anymore, but I guess here because I don't have the the one, I'd have to breathe if something happened. I'd have to breathe in the mouth, and I I'd have to be uh, comfortable with that. But I guess I would, you know, depending on the situation. I I don't know. I I'd like to think the first thing I would do would do, just do the breathing. You know, and I've done it. The training, so they've been doing that about three years, three, four years, where uh, every other year you had to do, they used to have those in-person two-hour classes. Now we do it on computer and we use the mannequins and we do it every three months. And that is to get you so, I guess, acclimated to doing those things that it becomes second nature. And I guess when I come over, when someone calls me over, I'm looking and saying, they can say, are you serious? This is, you're the, I'm the person you're going to call for an emergency? Well, I did. And, and uh, you know what? I guess maybe we will find it. I don't know if I can call now because if I call the emergency room, I think they went to the one I worked, the emergency room at the hospital I worked. But I don't think they would necessarily tell me what happened. And they may not remember because it's a you know it was a week later. Boy, Jim, that's a great story, isn't it? You really left a lot of holes in that one. Uh, let's get back to that. What I spoke to you on a previous episode, the last episode about for years, I said I didn't want to go to iPhones, and I had a couple from I. I'm an since smartphones came out, I started using Android. Started with Samsung, and then I started getting cheap because I didn't want to get have to get a contract and getting a contract to one of the big uh, cell phone carriers is, is tantamount to signing a contract, even though you say no contract, because you're paying them off. And you get a $1,100 phone, and then people say, well, why don't you get insurance because your phone's so expensive? So I go, well, why don't I just get a less expensive phone? Well, then you can't get all the features. I don't want all the features necessarily. But I finally broke down because of the reception in my house and not getting any satisfaction and being able to fix it. And I bought an iPhone. And within a couple hours, I got it up running. Well, yesterday, right around noon, I had eaten a big... I had made a couple days before I had made stuffed shells and I made extra uh, stuffed Italian you know, with ricotta and Parmesan shells. But I had this big tray and I ate it after I came back from the gym. It was my big workout day. And I didn't sleep well the night before. There is a th- reasoning behind this. So I decided to eat a big pasta dinner when I got back home because I didn't need any breakfast. And I said, I'll get all my calories in. And then I'll take the nap because I didn't sleep well. I needed two hours sleep. So I just finished down. I sat down in my reclined on the couch, put on some 
light music and I was going to set my phone to silent and I noticed it said no SIM card. Now the phone had worked for three days or two and a half days and or th- yeah, actually three days and I knew that there's a SIM card in it but I took it in took a look at it and there was a SIM card. No one was playing a joke. I'm thinking oh Either the SIM card failed or something happened with my carrier or something else. And it turned out to be something else. What I did was I kept my old phone. I took the SIM card out, put it in my iPhone. I mean, put it into my Android. And I got service or the limited amount of service that I had that I get in my house anyway. But it recognized the SIM card. So I knew the SIM card worked. Now the question was, does it only not work in an iPhone, which I know that isn't true because it worked for two and a half days and it's either working. It's like a switch. It's either on or off. So I think of my house. It can't be the carrier now because it worked on my Android phone. And it can't be the SIM card. So I, I decided to do the next best thing I could do is go to the AT&T store they have in town. And I had a young fellow look at it, and he said it could be the, the card could be done. Because 5G could have, you know, it may not be a 5G card, and I said 5G card. I didn't know that cards were 5G. I thought phones were 5G. I thought the SIM card was like a unique identifier for it, which it is. And he put it into an iPhone, and the iPhone picked up um, the SIM card. So we know it wasn't iPhones. And they put it back in. It still didn't recognize it. And he looked at it. Where'd you get this phone? I told him I ordered it. He goes, oh, well, you should. And then I knew exactly what I was going to do then. So I went home, and immediately, the funny thing about it is, you know, with Amazon, I'm not going to go into, most of you probably know how to return something on Amazon. So I did uh, printed out a label and there's a UPS store right next to the place it was, but I had to go and get the box and everything and clean it up. You know what I mean? Make it like new and get the cords and the charging cable and put it back in a box it came in with a label, with an insert in the box to tell people when they get there that this is what I'm returning and and get, and put on a label. So I went to UPS and I and by the time I returned that, I uh, about 10, 15 minutes later, went back on the site and I ordered another phone before getting my refund. And don't you know, within a half hour of ordering that phone, one shipped one phone shipped, which is un, for down here in the Keys is unusual. We don't expect things to be so quick, but I didn't get here yet, right? So I'm looking at, I, I go and look at the tracking and it said, oh, it's shipping from Miami. And it says I'm going to get it up until like a week from today, a Friday. And I said, it was in Miami. I'll probably, I said, I'll probably get this tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, I checked today and the iPhone went from two places, it went to at least two seconds, received by, shipped, received by carrier, left carrier facility, and then winds up in Orlando. So I guess whoever's shipping it, that's their hub. Orlando's their hub, so they're shipping it from 
Miami to Orlando and then back down to Miami or Hialeah to be exact and then back down here. And I realize that it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. I have it's still getting some accessories. Uh, I got one accessory arrived yesterday for the phone I had sent back. But since I ordered another phone, the accessory is going to work, you know, screen and a case and all that stuff to protect it. And I'm not one. I don't buy insurance, but I, I figure if I'm going to buy something that's under 500 bucks, 600 bucks, uh, this one was significantly less than that. But it's an iPhone, not a super old iPhone. You know, it's a 5G and all that stuff. But um, I, I I was getting the accessories. And one of the accessories said it was delivered. delivered and I looked and asked the wife. And I said, Did, was there anything delivered when I was at work yesterday? And she goes, no. And But it says there was a notification on Amazon on our Alexa saying that we had a delivery. So I had to go and check it out. And what happens here is there's... A number down the street where my address and the person has it's they're only one number off and it's a five and there are six and I, I look at it it always happens with the person down the street and the way they print the labels and stuff like that you should definitely put the address the street address a little larger because that's where you're delivering it and the name you can do that. I mean, the, the identifying information for most people, and I can tell you as an old Keys bartender that, yeah, I need my glasses to see that. So I walk, when I went home after I filed that I didn't get the delivery, and then I go, wait a second, I might as well go and check. And I went down to knock on the door, and as I'm knocking on the door, I looked to the left at a person's door, and there's an envelope sitting there. And it has my name on it and the address and I think oh there's the case so I knocked on the door anyway and told him I said listen I just wanted to tell you I didn't want to take something off your porch and not tell you and she goes yeah I was going to deliver it today to you and I said oh you don't have to do that I'm here so there I go and then once I go back and look at the the circuitous I think how do you say circuitous but the circuit of traveling that went on for this $8 $8 case or $11 case. It went to 19, um, there were 19 different unique settings like received, transferred, received, transfer in five different states. I mean, wherever it was delivered from was, it was from like Southern California and it went from there to New Mexico and then to Alabama and South Carolina and then from South Carolina down to uh, Florida and it was 19 different things. It was the most I've ever seen. I've ordered things from overseas and I haven't seen so many deliveries. And it just makes me think about logistics, how things get around. FedEx, UPS. Uh, What's the other ones? UPS, FedEx, the post office. Everyone thinks that when you get something delivered and you order something from Seattle, they think Seattle, the Key Largo, let's say down here. But no, it goes from Seattle to the hub nearby, and then it goes to a regional center. And a regional center will go to another regional center, I think. 
you know, they'll have like this, this mail goes. And, and that's the way parcels are delivered. And we're always, e- even though, even though you know that happens, you think, boy, that is a lot of places to stop for this little piece of thing, this object. So this, my transition from Android, yes, and I ordered an, the exactly the same phone. And when I, when I ordered the exact same phone, and I still didn't get my refund back yet, because they're going to wait for, you know, the, the, the person I sent is going to have to refund it or Amazon's going to refund it. I don't know who does it. But to my account, the um, I ordered the same exact one and I get a phone call or no, I get a message. Please call us or something. And they were concerned because the same phone was being ordered after I returned it without any stipulation, not as a. Uh, refund and I I couldn't find an exchange button on Amazon, which I would have done. I would have gladly done an exchange button. Here I'll send this one and this one. I think you have to get a refund and then you get to buy one, and that's the only way you could do it because there could be too many cute things that occur. You know, people ripping off the system. So the. Uh, I call up, and it was a customer service person. It's very unusual. I never spoke to anybody from Amazon before, but I guess because they thought it was unusual activity. They, Did you order this phone? I said, yes. And we have a message here that you had a problem. It said something about the SIM tray, that you, there was a failure on the SIM card reader. And I said... That was more of a guess because of the problem and the, the investigations of what occurred when I went to the I went to the iPhone store. I mean, to the AT and T store, and they go, and you ordered the same phone, aren't you? And and the person goes, don't you, do you think that it's going to occur again? And I said, well, you sold probably a, a, close to a hundred million of these phones. That would be really unusual, or you know, fifty million of these phones that. You know, the SIM card fails on all those phones without hearing about a recall. And the person, I said, it's just, I don't think if there's anything wrong with the phone, it won't be the same thing. And they said, oh, you're expecting something to be wrong. Hey, listen, if it works, it works. And I said, listen, this is all I'm willing to spend. I spent a lot of time on the phone with my phone carrier. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone talking about my phone choice. So I said, thank you. It is me. I do want the phone. And goodbye. So yeah, the ongoing switch from Android to iPhone, which is inclusive now because I want to use the iPhone so I can use uh, trading reviews so I can get some more reviews. And if you're listening, please review the show on iTunes or whatever service you listen to the show on. Okay. I'm going to get back to the bartending stuff. You know... What comes to mind sometimes when I'm at work, and I always had a little problem with the drink menu, because the drink menu lists about 12, 14 drinks, and some of the drinks I think are good, some of them are kind of bleh, uh, I don't really try, I just, they sound bleh, it's things I wouldn't drink, some of them are too sweet, some of them are this and that, I am not a drinker now, but I when people ask for a drink menu, I hand them the drink menu and I said, I can make a lot more than these. So if you tell me what you'd like, 
I can maybe suggest something. And they just go, no, I'll look at the drink menu. They don't, they don't, no, I don't really want to talk to you. Just tell me, just give me the drink menu. So I give them the drink menu. So I, I get the impression when someone asks for the drink menu, I say, boy, this person does not have a drinking problem. Or unlikely have a drinking problem because the drink, person with a drinking problem would just tell you what they want. Or if a person who only drinks one thing, which I could be found, you know, you can you could probably have a drinking problem if you only drink one thing and you won't drink something else if you have access to it all the time. But I always thought the drinking problem, the the more the the sign of a drinking problem is like I'll drink whatever you got. Wine, beer, liquor, moonshine, sterno, things like that. So I always think, I don't know why. And I hand over the drink menu, and people go, oh, what should I have, this one or that one? What should I have? I said, well, this one's a little sweet. I don't like that. Well, I don't like it like too sweet. I don't like it too sour. I said, oh, one thing, you should have this one on the menu, or I can make you something else. And the person still says, oh. I mean, it's like I can screw up the drinks on the, the menu, or you could tell me exactly the kind of thing you want to have. You know, it's always people don't... I've got to probably rephrase what I'm saying. I really have to. I have to think about that. What exactly do I want to get from that interaction from somebody? And it's probably the interaction is... Uh, the idea one is going, oh, well, what I like is that I do like cherry. And I don't... But I don't like it really sweet. I don't like it sour. Um, I don't like too much soda. I'm, I'm concerned about my sugar intake. And then I go, oh, now I get an idea of what you want. Do you want a martini or a cocktail? And then we'll leave it at that. Okay, I'm going to be wrapping up soon. But also, today I went to the gym. I taught my class. And invariably, for some people, and I do it as much as anybody, I comment on how people, oh, you're looking good. You're looking bum bum. And, uh, it's flattering. I don't like, I'm not comfortable with flattery from people. But I've been working out very hard, I have to say, the last year. And I really picked it up over the last seven months. And at my age, 58, I've been doing it. I always tell people, and say, why do you, why do you work out so hard? What's your, what are you doing? What are you training for? And I'm training for old age. I'm working. I want to make sure that I, I'm able to work. I make sure, um, you know, I'm, I have a 15-year-old daughter. And I want to, I want to be optimum condition. I mean, I guess I should have done this when I was single. And I did kind of do it when I was single. I did spend a lot of time. But I did a lot of that. I worked out my, my motives were to stay busy to get rid of my extra energy because I wasn't hanging around at bars anymore. I might as well hang a couple hours at the gym. And I figure if I can make myself, remake myself into someone who was in decent physical condition, it'll just add another thing to make me more palatable to the fairer sex. And that's what I did. And, it, you know, part of it's ego. I want to, you know, I want to be in as good a shape as possible. I like, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I like to look my best. 
But there is a cost for that. Is it, you know, there's pain, there's soreness, there's efforts. But the benefit for it, besides the obvious one for the way it looks, is the mental thing, having that energy, me working out. I enjoy it. I really, at the end of the day, there's some kind of meditative experience to working out. And I have, like today, I normally don't lift. And I went in and lifted for a while, and then I did my spin class. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back in the thing. When I was out of, when I was first went in the Navy, I could do maybe, at my best, maybe 30 pull-ups. Now remember, I'm six foot four, and I was thin, so I was able to do it. Um, but my body, I my the rest of my body got bigger. I mean, heavier. So maybe it went in. I was around 178, 6'4", 178, 180 when I was uh, a freshman in college. And I was in pretty good shape. Maybe 180. I went up to 180-something. And then I think I was... One, and then I just cruised through the 180s up to 190. Uh, but once I got to 230, there were no chin-ups for me. There really wasn't. I wasn't the, being able to pull down. And I'm saying, you know what? I would like to get back into that where I can do. Right now, I could do about six. I could do about six. I know no matter how. I look like I'm in really good shape, but I can only do six pull-ups, unaided pull-ups. I got a weight assistant once. And that was my main thing. I want to get my core training and do the pull-ups. And that's for me. That's my goal. It is not to win a marathon. It is not to win a fitness competition or anything like that. It is to be able to do pull-ups. And you got to set goals for yourself. And manageable goals. Reasonable goals. I mean, I, I, I listen to people at the gym and there's one guy saying he was, they were doing deadlifts of 700 pounds of this one 16, 17-year-old kid at the gym. And I go, okay, well... And I wanted to chime in and say, well, what's his goal? To lift as much weight as he can? Because I know people that deadlift a lot and they end up getting shoulder issues and back issues and things like that. So I go, oh, okay. And powerlifting, powerlifting is good for confidence and things like that. But, you know, there's, they got machines for lifting 700 pounds. And it, it, it will serve you no good if you, you destroy your back and your shoulder. You'll go from lifting 700 pounds to having a problem lifting 20 pounds if you're not careful. I got people in my, uh, that come to my uh, gym that I, I see when they get knee replacement, hip replacement, stuff like that. And they're avid exercisers. There's avid exercisers. So there's a cost-benefit to this. If you run every day, and you start getting up there in 50s and 60s, um, you're going to start feeling in your hips and your knees and your feet. And there's cartilage, and you know you can lose a little cartilage and things like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, trauma that occurs from running. And a younger body repairs itself better; an older body not so well. So I always think about. It. I said, listen, what's the the costs become too high. I got to change that. And I see people. What what happens when you're in your fifties and sixties? Sometimes you just um, you let things go. 
And then they get to a state and they think, man, if I was going to live this long, I would have taken care of myself better. I would have taken care of myself if I knew I would be coughing every morning. I don't think if someone said, Jim, if you don't pick smoke that cigarette, if if you smoke that cigarette and then go out and go drinking and smoke three more packs of cigarette, and you do that day after day after day, when you're in your 50s, you're going to wake up in your morning, you're going to cough and do this, and you're going to have lung issues. I would not have smoked. Wouldn't have smoked. Now, I don't know if I could say the same about alcohol because I haven't seen the repercussions of that right now, but I'm sure there are things that I'm going to pay for later on for the heavy ingestion of alcohol all those years. But the benefits, you know, the benefits are were like I get to hang out, sometimes have a good time, sometimes get in trouble. I guess not getting in trouble is the the cost. And I could honestly say it's kind of a wash for me. But towards the end, it wasn't working for me. That's the reason why I don't do it right now. But that's how I get my cost-benefit things. What I should be eating, I'm going to watch, watch my sugar intake because I don't want to I have a tensity to get my blood sugar goes up way high. I just got to reduce the amount of sugar I, I take. I, I am not diabetic. But I do get that low blood sugar in the middle of the day when I'm waiting for the carbs to kick in sometimes. And I'm making the motions for it like I'm, I'm with my hand. So I'm waiting for the carbs to kick in. And when I'm waiting for the carbs to kick in, I get sleepy. So it's all cost benefits for me. And I'm trying to do the best to be the best. Be the best gym. Not be the best bartender or the best guy in the room. To be the best I can be. So if you come in and say, hey, Jim, it really looks like you're working hard to say, why are you doing that? And I said, oh, I don't know how long I can maintain that high level. It's really hard to maintain the high level. And it, it's kind of, what would you call it? To, to work out hard and get in good shape. It's really hard to maintain that. and takes a lot of commitment. I mean, someone who's in the business for that, I can see that. Even guys, actors, actors that play action heroes, when they're not doing a movie, a lot of those guys just get into you know, regular dad body shape. So it's, it's, it really takes commitment. But I, I always think about the thing, the meditative reasons, the time I need, the discipline I need, and to be able to do things at work that I want to be able to do easily and not have a difficulty moving kegs, cases of liquor. I mean, I don't have to be strong to throw anybody out. I haven't had to throw anybody out in a long time. In the longest time. Usually the age kind of lends itself to being... People are a little more respectful to you if you're respectful to them and you can handle it better. And you, you know, So I don't have to do this to be, I'm not the bouncer at the place. It may look like I can be, but I'm not. Well, and I haven't had to be. Well, I'm done talking about that. Let's finish up with the Ukraine. And, uh, the, you know, it looks like it's grinding on and on and on in the Ukraine. I've... Uh, they're, they're holding on well, and it looks like the Russians may be looking. A Russian general said that they might be going after all of South Ukraine, the southern part of Ukraine. 
and the eastern and southern part, the bigger chunk. And it's just amazing that someone would commit that amount of forces for that site. It's a country, Russia has about the pop, half, a little more than half the population of the United States, if that. And to be able to absorb the amount of casualties it has absorbed that we haven't absorbed since uh, the Vietnam War. And the Vietnam War was over, gosh, it, it was over 10 years when they started putting in advisors in and things like that. And much larger forces. I mean, they're going to, in the end of the year, it would appear that the if they, the Russians keep on losing at this rate, they will have more deaths in Ukraine than we had the Vietnam War for a country that's half our size. That's got, I, I can't imagine that being untenable. I'm sorry for the, the families that are losing it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the everyday Russians. But if you don't get your shit together and get rid of that the guy that's your leader, then I don't know what to say. And because of his bad decisions, other people are made to suffer. You're suffering. You, you might be suffering because you have a bad leader. I mean, we've dealt with that ourselves here. I mean, every people, everybody has their opinion. Some people think the current president is. I have a feeling that the one before this president was much, much worse. Was much worse. And um, that's my belief. And a lot of people, a lot of other people believe that too. But, you know, when you're causing suffering for people of another country, and it's innumerable suffering, thousands, it could be tens of thousands of civilians have been killed. And it could be by design, causing as much suffering as possible to get them to acquiesce. But we're hoping that that doesn't happen. I know I spend entirely too much. I know my numbers have gone down because of that. Um, I'm not as concerned about that. Um, next week, I may have a little surprise for you on Tuesday. Uh, but we'll just wait until then because we know how things change. And I've had made promises before and I didn't keep them. And I apologize for that. Well, I'd like to thank you. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later. This man has just entered the gas price madness zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy? Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the gas price madness zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay. It's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back. Wow. Thanks, announcer guy. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy buy gas. Use promo code MINUTE for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MINUTE for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the great resignation and the upside of it all. 
As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9 to 5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet! With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year, and it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc., and at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.